Um, as you have every day in the freedom that our uh, country permits, uh, we have the uh, joy and opportunity to read scripture. So this morning I have the joy and opportunity to read to you um, the scripture for today, which comes from John, the 15, uh, 21st chapter, uh, just a handful of verses. Now understand and remember that this is a resurrection appearance of Jesus as he meets with Peter uh, at the sea uh, shore of Galilee. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate what kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. These are the words of God for the people of God this day. Uh, will your heart join mine? Let us pray. God who was and is and is yet to come, Father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, holy parent of each one of us here, guide and shepherd of Kelsey who comes now to speak, we ask your incredible spirit to flow forth in this place. We ask, Lord, that it instigate itself in heaven and run right through the woman who comes to speak. We ask that her words might be your words, thus pure, true, and holy. Guide her today, Lord. Give her the spirit she needs. In your name we pray. Amen. Now, before Kelsey says a word, I want to tell you this because I know it to be true. There's only one time you can be the first time at anything. And this is the first time that Kelsey is going to preach to you the 830 service. And I've been in plenty of Methodist churches, including this one from time to time. When I ask for some affirmation, I get that little Methodist patty cake. Oh, isn't this going to be great kind of thing. But this is Kelsey's first time preaching for you. So let's cheer her on. Thank you very much. Good morning. How are you guys? Good, good. Uh, I am loving this weather and kind of going along with what we're talking about today. We're on our series, The Big Move. Yesterday, my family got to go out and see the building for the very first time. Ben and the kids got to see it. It is looking fantastic. All of the cement all over the building is poured. We have a floor, and it's cut, and it looks beautiful. The roof is sealed in, so it's very warm in there. So if you ever want to visit, it is warm. It is lit. We have heating ducts up all over. Drywall is going up fast, and the studs are going up. But yesterday, we were there, and uh, my family was there. Brinley, she loves the chancel. <clears throat> There's little ramps going up on the sides, and then there's little uh, cement steps. So she would run up the ramp, and then go down the steps, and then run up the ramp, and then go down the steps. And we did that for about 10 times until we had to bribe her with food to get her out of the church. So that's a good sign that she loves being there. It's nice to see. 
So seeing all this, we're moving people. It's not just a thing that's far in the distance. As Mike said last week, we got 12 weeks, hopefully. But we are moving. It is being built, and it's being built fast. So today, I want to kind of talk to you about the movement that we can't control and how we need to be different when we get out there. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself. There's an organization that I volunteer with, and it's an organization called Chrysalis. Some of you may have heard about it, or you know the sister organization, Emmaus. But Chrysalis is the organization, and it's an organization for a retreat for high school students starting in 10th grade, going all the way up to 21-year-olds. This retreat is filled with worship and small group discussion and making new friends. And then the majority of the weekend is filled with a series of 15 talks given by youth, adults, and pastors. And these talks are about Christ and your relationship with Christ and discipleship. I went on this retreat when I was a senior in high school. No idea what I was signing up for. I had no idea what chrysalis was or what we were going to do. My friend handed me an application. I signed up. I got picked up at 6 a.m. one Friday morning, got in a van, drove for an hour, ended up at a church in Grinnell, Iowa. No idea where that was. I was there for the whole weekend, but it changed my life. It was where I met Jesus Christ, and it was awesome. And today, I still continue to volunteer and to help out and plan future Chrysalis weekends. Now, Chrysalis is similar to Summer Games in the fact that it's a mountaintop experience. It's a great place to meet Jesus Christ. But the thing that's a little different about Chrysalis and the rather unique is there's no time whatsoever. You don't get to know the time. You don't get cell phones. You don't get smart watches or any sort of watch at all. And there's absolutely no connection with the outside world whatsoever. How many of you are ready to sign up and go now? (laughs) These students, they show up on the first morning, and the person that brings them hopefully has taken away their cell phone, their watch, their electronics, or they have made them turn it off and pack it away in their suitcase. Because the moment that they enter in to their conference room where they spend the whole weekend listening to talks and having time with their small group, they don't get to know what the schedule of events is, and they don't get to know what is happening at all on the weekend. How many of you are going to pack your bags and go now? I know that when I went on my Chrysalis weekend, I, would, I like to plan. So I would always ask, ooh, what are we doing next? Or... What is worship going to look like tonight? What songs are we singing? Or I've heard Chrysalis has amazing food and we get to eat all the time. So what's for dinner tonight? The thing that my small group leader would always say to me every single time is, don't anticipate, participate. She'd say, don't anticipate, participate. And then she'd say it again. Don't anticipate participate. And I'd look at her. I'm like, girl, you're crazy. What does that even mean? I want to know what I'm having for dinner. I love food. Let me know what's for dinner, please. But she never relented. She kept up with it. And for me, after that weekend and after I continue to volunteer and plan the weekends, I don't know if it's just because the weekend works like that way and it makes sense for the weekend or if I love just to watch youth squirm. I still say to them, don't anticipate, participate. 
with a huge grin on my face. Now, this phrase is rather annoying, especially after hearing it a hundred times throughout the weekend. But this phrase helps the youth participants get the most out of their weekend. And you may think I'm insane for loving this phrase, but stick with me. Coming into a weekend where you have no idea what the schedule of events or you don't have an itinerary, it's hard. Most of us like to know what we're doing. But so much about learning about Jesus and talking with your small group is about being in the moment and not about looking forward to where you're going. For instance, I know some of you in here are probably diehard Viking fans and Mike didn't get to mention football last week, so I thought I'd do it for him this week. But who's looking forward to the two NFL playoff games this afternoon? I see some hands. Yeah, we're looking forward to that. Or how many of you are looking forward to where you're going to go for lunch after this? I don't know about you guys. Like I said earlier, I love food. I work in the office Monday through Thursday, and I'm sitting there staring at my computer all day long, and then I look in the bottom right corner, and there's my clock. And usually about 11 o'clock, I'll look at it, and I'll talk to Jenny, and I'll be like, Jenny, we only got an hour till lunch. Hour till lunch, let's make it, because I'm always looking forward to lunch. It's hard for us, but we need to be present in where we are right now and what we're doing and not look forward to what we are going to be doing. During Christmas, if the youth are always looking forward to what's for dinner, or if they're always thinking about, ooh, that song is going to be played at worship tonight. I can't wait for worship. Or my table leader, my small group leader is giving the next talk. I'm excited to hear what they have to say. If that's constantly on their mind, then how can they focus on what's happening right in front of them? So much needs to be focused on that time and that specific time. The point of Chrysalis is letting Jesus lead the weekend and letting Jesus guide you in a relationship with him and guide you in a relationship with your peers. The weekend, it does have a very, very strict schedule that the leaders of the weekend abide by. But if every participant were to know the schedule, the weekend would be schedule-led, not allowing the flow of God to manipulate the weekend. When we often know what's going to happen or we know what our immediate future is, sometimes we like to take it and bend it and mold it and shape it so it's comfortable for us or so that we want it the way that we want it. But the thing is, the movement of God isn't comfortable. And we can't always control it. Let me say that again. The movement of God isn't always comfortable. And we can't always control it. When we look back at the scripture today, where Jesus and Peter are having a conversation. And this is the final call for Peter to go out into the world. Jesus is reminding him of what he has been preparing him for for the past three years of ministry. Jesus is reminding Peter, this is what it means to be a disciple. This is what it means to love Jesus. And the disciple of Jesus meant you were to be different than the world. Meant you were to be getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. 
And there's a story in Acts 2. I'm not going to dive into this story, but Acts comes directly after Jesus' ascension. And in Acts 2, Peter is preaching the very first Christian sermon in Jerusalem. The very first Christian sermon in Jerusalem, not less than two months after Jesus died. Preaching as Jesus, that Jesus is the Christ in Jerusalem was a death sentence. Because Jesus was hung on the cross in Jerusalem not two months ago. Do you think Peter was comfortable doing that? Do you think Peter wanted to be in Jerusalem preaching? Do you think Peter had any sort of control whatsoever wherever Jesus was leading him? Because I don't think he would have chose there. We oftentimes like to think we can control where Jesus wants us to go or where Jesus calls us because we think we know the good and moral things that God wants us to do. And we may know some good and moral things. There's a pastor in Seattle. His name is Judah Smith. He is a good preacher, a great preacher, and he's very relatable. One of the things that he mentions every single sermon is how he prays that the Seahawks will win the next Super Bowl because he's an avid Seahawks fan. He also prays that the team in Boston will never win another game, but we'll, we'll keep that out. He is a talented preacher. He's a great preacher. And but because of this, in this video that he's describing that I watched, he often gets asked to go speak at conferences and speak at different churches. And whether or not he can do it, whether or not he has a family vacation, he'll always try to say yes. And then his wife has to be the bad guy and say, no, you got to go say no, bro. <clears throat> saying yes to good and noble things, saying yes to the good and noble things that he thought he was doing didn't leave space for his family to say yes to what God was wanting him to say yes to. Sometimes saying yes to God and what God wants you to be doing is saying no to other great things. The church, this church, walking in here, it's a beautiful place. It's a beautiful church. And we have done great things in this church. Mike pre or talked about them a couple weeks. We have done some pretty amazing things in this church. And if we stayed here, we would probably do some pretty good things here. I mean, I was bewildered on Christmas Eve, and I didn't believe when they said that it was going to happen. But at only one of our five Christmas Eve services, we had 660 people at one service with a room that only allows 408. God is doing great things, and that's amazing. Can I get an amen? Amen. But we're going. God is leading us away. God is taking us, and we're following. We are being led away from something that's great, but into something that's even better. Following God isn't comfortable, and we can't control where we're going. But where he is leading us, we will follow just like Peter did. And Peter, he could have told Jesus no. He could have said, nah, I'm going to stay fishing because I like to fish. Or if Jesus really wanted to, he could have forced Peter to go. 
But that's not like Jesus. What happened was Peter chose to follow Jesus. It was Peter's choice. Jesus calls Peter, and Peter's not forced. He goes. He chooses who he was saying yes to, but not what he was saying yes to. We know who we are saying yes to. We don't know what we're saying yes to. Do you guys, have you ever played the game Follow the Leader? Have you ever had your kids or grandkids play the game Follow the Leader? It's so funny watching them go around and move. I always love playing that game because when you lead, you get to do the action and whatever action you want them to do. And then the people behind you, they have to do exactly what you're doing because that's the game. And you follow the rules, as my husband says. As a leader, you can make them walk like crabs or do sit-ups or push-ups or somersaults or whatever you want them to do. But the big part of this game, the big concept, is that the leader is always moving. And then the people following have to move too. And the people, if they behind the leader, if they stop moving, then they stop everybody else behind them. Movement works when the leader and those following are always moving. And if one person stops, then everyone else does. And that's the same for the leader. If the leader stops, then they stop everyone else behind them. Jesus, he is always moving and always leading. And we as people have to choose if we're going to continue following him wherever he goes or if we're going to stop. And if we stop, we stop everybody else behind us. We have to prepare our hearts to be ready to follow him wherever he takes us. It's not going to be comfortable. It's not going to be easy. And once we choose to start following Jesus and go where he goes, we can't go back. We can't go back to where we were. We can't. And today, if you're going to write anything down, write this down. When Jesus was talking to Peter and he called Peter, Jesus, he didn't ask Peter if Peter loved his sheep. Jesus asked Peter if Peter loved him. Jesus didn't ask Peter if Peter loved his people. Jesus asked Peter if Peter loved Jesus. That right there is what drives us. I love Jesus. I love Jesus Christ so much And I could stay where I'm at. I could stay back. There's so many times in my life I could have chose to stay and be comfortable and know where I was going every day. But Jesus, loving him, I go where he goes. Wherever that may be, wherever he takes me, wherever uncomfortable places, dark places, I'll go. Because he's with me, and he's leading, and I'm following Because I'm not willing to live a life without him anymore. I'm not willing to follow, not follow my leader. It's not about the people we serve, the places we go, the churches we build, or the churches we leave behind. Everything we do, it's about him. 
Peter's concentration is solely on Jesus and Jesus alone. And so should ours. Jesus, he asked Peter if Peter loved him. Not his sheep and what his sheep could do for him, but if Peter loved Jesus. And the affection for God's people alone, it will not sustain us. The love for Christ is the only sufficient motivation that will enable us to stay the course to continue to feed the flock of God. Only the love for Christ could sustain Peter in the work that lay ahead for him. Marian Methodist is unique in many, many ways. Something I've come to find out in the past few months that I've been here. And the day that I got here, I remember asking Simon, I'm like, okay, show me the youth room. And he's like, you can see our old youth room, but we don't have a youth room. And I was so confused and baffled because most churches that you go to, they have a youth room where the youth get to spend their Wednesday night worship services and where they are basically their home. And I was so confused what was going on. I'm like, why is there not a youth room? Well, it's because you guys have a church, as a church have decided that the youth get to use the best space for worship on the biggest Second biggest programming time of the week. The youth get to use the best space for worship on their night. Even though they're rowdy and energetic and they like to run a lot, you have decided that it's important to you that they get to use this because it's a growing ministry. It's a ministry that is shepherding God's people, and they need a large space because they are growing. Why? Because when we love Jesus so much, we instinctively love his people. We serve him and we do what is best for his people, and you guys have decided to do that. And here we love Jesus so much. And when we love Jesus so much, our concentration isn't on us and our wants. It's on what Jesus wants for us. It's what Jesus wants us to love one another, and he wants us to take care of his sheep. It's not about us. It's not about whether we love the people we serve or the church buildings we're going to build or the church buildings we're leaving behind. It's not about our ministry. It's not about having the best, biggest, newest building. It's not about having all of the people of Marion at our church. It's about him. It's always been about him. It'll never not be about him. It's not about us. It's not where we want to go. It's about humbling ourselves to lift him higher. So we may not know who we're going to serve, We may not know the exact date we're going to get in the new building. And I can tell you for sure, we have no idea what Marian Methodist is going to look like in five years. But all that doesn't matter because we know who we're with. We know who's leading us there. And I'll follow him wherever he goes. How about you guys? Let's pray. God, follow... Following the leader is never hard. 
especially when we don't know where the leader is going or what they're going to be doing. But God, guide our steps. Take us where you need us to go. Take us to feed your sheep. Take us to your sheep. It's uncomfortable and it's not easy and we love to look ahead, but let us look ahead to the cross, not to what we want to do. Help us to humble ourselves and to lift you higher than ourselves and help us to love you more than anything in this world. In your name we pray, amen.